So how's the COVID diet treating you? Dude, honestly, I might be one of the only people to be dropping weight in COVID. I because. Well, here's why. We all hate you, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you. Well, here's why. I am a, a an extreme eater and drinker. And most of my addiction is social. So I work on the road or if, when I lived in New York City, let's go get, let's go grab a beer. That beer turns into four and then we order wings and right. I'm on the road and I finish working at 11 o'clock. Well, we need to get some pizza. And I, when I'm around people, I need to be eating and drinking, whatever it is. Right. When I'm alone in my house and I can set a schedule, it's much easier for me to not be a total slob. Although, now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like you're rationing yourself? Yeah, for sure. You do. Yeah, yeah, do. yeah. I, I'm, I have self control when I'm home. Okay. okay. Um, that being said, Friday night, uh, Leslie was on a photo shoot, um, and I ate a whole entire giant frozen pizza <laughs> and drank a bottle of wine by myself and passed out on the couch. <laughs> and it was delicious. That's what I want to hear from you. What, 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 how's your diet going? Um, you can see me, right? I, I don't think you can. <laughs> it's, <laughs> oh, it's going swimmingly, Tony. It's going really well. I eat like a king. <laughs> Every meal, three meals a day. Uh, yeah, no, we're eating maybe. too well, too well. All right, well, let's crack ourselves some beers and get into this. Let's do it. Um, all right, so we're back. Yep. Three years, which Three is shocking. Years. I would have said two. Uh, it could have been five. Um, yeah. At, at this point, I the years go by so quickly. I feel like Christmas comes every six weeks or so. <laughs> you know, um, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, when when you said three years, I did not believe you. And then I started looking at uh, like old Instagram posts because I just started. I just like you know brought that back to life and i'm like wow it was like right. during the election we, yeah. pre we pretty much stopped as soon as trump won which is well, crazy we went until june 2017 yeah and we said oh we're gonna break for the summer we're, we're doing various things it would be hard to do more episodes and then flash to the summer of 2020 now which yeah, is another I mean, election year so maybe it makes sense um maybe maybe that's our rhythm i don't know but. Well, I think we both got fatigue. I mean, it yeah. was it was really fun because me, you, and Jeet, we'd hang out once a week, a yep. couple beers, eat some food. And then it just got a little bit like I didn't want to read the news anymore. I didn't. I wanted to just shut off because we knew we were stuck with this guy for four years. And I, in that time, we both quit Facebook. You quit mm -hmm. all social media. I We both deleted our Facebooks. Yep. Um, yep. I kept, in, I reluctantly kept Instagram around because I'm addicted, but you know, <laughs> I didn't, I no longer needed to see the people's political rants, the fighting, you know, as much I as know. I can't stay on Instagram either. It does. I, I don't get affected by it the same way because I'm not seeing, you know, my racist, uh, uh, guy from the football team that I haven't seen since high school, right? which right. was just ripping me to shreds. And I just was fighting every day. And I'm just like, why, why I need to live my life. I can't do I this anymore. Was, I lived for that stuff for a while. Yeah. Like just, just so addictive, the, 
the the constant barrage of news and com- commenting on the comments on the news <laughs> the battles like, it was like meta 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 um i i don't know um but then after a while it was like the stuff that's happening again it's all by matter of degrees because there's ter- all this terrible stuff happening but but um it got so much that it was the news was like offensive Yes. Right. It, it and it felt like offensive to to sort of comment on it or make light of it or whatever. It was just like really, you know, kids in cages. What are we going to talk? I mean, kids in cages. What are we going to do with that? You know. I mean, it's just right. like a horror show. Um, but anyway, now there's a chance that this guy would get might get kicked out. So we're back. We're back. And let's just update everybody else. You moved to. Uh, Vermont, and I'm I moved in Vermont, to New Orleans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, opposite ends of the country. Um, yeah, I'm up in Vermont. It's nice um, for COVID time. It's particularly a good place to be because there's nobody here, um, and well, quite frankly, in... you know, once the I'm in a college town, and once the the college kids got sent home in March. There wasn't that much of a difference, to be honest, in terms right. of the the day to day in the town, right? Um, because if you just avoided the college, the town is the town. So, right. And you're in the most liberal place in the country, and I am in the in the deep south. So I'm it's in Bernie. Be fun. I'm in Bernie Sanders country. Yeah. But the minute you come outside of this town, there's literally Confederate flags. Wow. In Vermont, right? Oh boy. In the far north. I mean, we're basically in Canada, um, yeah. and yet. It's weird, like the whole idea of the, it's it's all very specific. The political geography is, is so local, you know? Right. So, but our town is very, it's weird. When I, when I, when I first drove in here, you drive into the town and there's a black fly, uh, black lives matter flag that was flying in one of the windows. And then you go five minutes out of the town and there's a Confederate flag right. flying and it's, I don't even think it's past the same town line or whatever. It's so. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some topics. That's what the people are here for. Yeah. So, look, obviously the big thing is COVID-19 um, and what it's doing to society, what it's exposing in society. And one of the things I wanted to talk about is this whole argument of, that's being framed by the right, which is lives versus livelihoods if i can put it that way right that right. that um to what extent it's really the sort of quantification of human life right monetization like how many lives are worth opening up the economy for and so a couple of things i want to mention here is that i mean besides saying it's kind of like a false opposition which many people have already said um i also want to just point out that it's completely in line with an American way of thinking about the economy um, and about work, which is a kind of cult around work. Um, And I'm going back not to, you know, early Trump or anything for this, but actually to George W. Bush. Um, And you could probably go back further, but there was like this weird, I don't know why I remember this. I mean, this is, Jesus, 15 years ago now. And it was a small snippet, but it's stuck in my memory. And so I went back in YouTube and found the clip and so on. So I just want to play this clip. And so it's, it's set up with this woman. She's an older lady. It's one of those kind of, 
managed town halls that George W. Bush would used to have all, all very sort of friendly audience and, you know, yeah. planned questions and stuff like that. And so they're talking about older people and basically the, the social welfare system, right? Is it, is it viable for them? Is it sustainable, et cetera? And so I'm just going to play the clip and then let's talk about it. Great. You and I are baby boomers. Yes. And I am concerned about that the system says the same for me. Right. But I do want to see change and reform for my children because I realize that we will be in trouble down the road. I mean, we are living longer and yes. people are working longer. And the truth of the matter is uh, uh, elderly baby boomers have got a lot to offer to our society. And we shouldn't think about giving up our uh, responsibilities in society. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah. But nevertheless, there's a certain comfort to know that the promises made will be kept by the government. Yes. And so uh, thank you for asking that. You don't have to worry. That's good because I work three jobs and I feel like I contribute. You work three jobs? Three jobs, yes. Uniquely American, isn't it? I mean, that is fantastic that you're yes. doing that. Thank you. Get any sleep? Not much. Right. Not much. Okay, so, wow, um, that's a good one. I haven't heard that ever. Okay, so yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It like burred in my memory a long time ago, apparently. Um, and I don't want to talk about his like promises kept. He was trying to, you know, privatize Social Security when he got reelected. So he's a he's just a liar. I don't want to talk about the policy, but rather the ethos of him praising the fact that this lady, who is over sixty, is working three jobs obviously three jobs at starvation wages so what's your what's your initial reaction to that clip you haven't you haven't heard it um when you hear a clip like that you just start thinking about where we are today and and the lack of progress now two presidents later um with jobs like you know, hearing the uh, hearing this woman who is what did she say, sixty? She's over sixty. Over sixty, working three jobs, and he just brushes it off like feeding the American ego. That's uniquely American, isn't it? Like, no, that's fucking bullshit. That's def first of all, it's definitely not uniquely American. I mean, there's plenty of places where people need to do anything they can just to eat, but it's it it it, it kind of feels like part of the the roots of this um, alt right. Uh, American pride like even this woman elderly woman working three jobs somehow he in front of a crowd made it about how American she is and that is part of why we're in this problem yeah I mean so definitely stroking the ego right oh. the, the sort of nationalist ego yeah like um, good job three jobs no that's a crime I I exactly exactly so so I think one thing that the only thing that is you're right every you know there's lots of people who get paid horribly around the world and right. work themselves to death um but what's perhaps different what maybe he's right about and what they clapped about was that the idea that this was laudatory in some way right that right. this is something to look up to that this, yeah. this this older woman um not that you know the society has decided that okay we can take care of people like this they don't have to <laughs> to work to eat um you know work that much to eat uh, at that age or whatever 
um, but rather that no, it's it's such a great thing yeah. that she's got. It's almost like a death drive for work. Right. And this is what I'm talking about, like this cult of work, like oh, that being hardworking and only caring about work, and um, that that's what defines you, that your sort of job defines you in some way, and that that thrust is what these zombies are doing at these state capitals asking to go back to terrible jobs. Right. That's what I don't get. You know, it's like so many people who are out there, they're on the one hand, I get it because for, for many, um, they don't have jobs now and they don't have money and there's no safety net. Right. Or, or, or a threadbare one. Um, on the other hand, they're not calling for, Hey, why don't we, have the government sort of step in in a better way. No, let right. me go back to my whatever three jobs to 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 make ends meet. It doesn't. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean you're you're seeing you're seeing the uh, the vulnerability of the economy. What you're seeing, especially with wages, there are some low level employees who are actually making more money on unemployment than they do in their real jobs, which is crazy. So right. one is, what's the incentive for those people to want to go back to work? There's not. Um, and two, the people that are, are, are screaming to get back to work, I, I, I mean, it, it's so much deeper than that. Who, I, I love my job. I'd like to get back to work, but uh, not, not at the sake of people dying. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it, you see these people at the, at the capitals with the guns, and, and I, I do not believe those people want to get back to work. I believe those people want to walk into Capitol and show their guns. That's actually all I think that is. It's a, it's a, um, an instigation of their movement. That's all it is. Those people don't give a shit about going back to work. They're, it's just posturing. It's just posturing. It's just picking a fight. That's uh, they would love for the Michigan governor to have the police force go out there and confront them. They would love it because it's exactly what that side wants is they want a confrontation. And, and if you really look at all, I, I looked at so many uh, videos of Wisconsin and, and, and uh, Michigan, and it's unfortunate because it plays into the narrative that the media is fake. And they keep, they keep pushing that narrative because there weren't that many people at those things, but they made it seem like these huge rallies. Like it looked like, you know, a, a high school pep rally. It was not tons of people. The scary thing is they have AK-47s, which is right. nuts. But like right. the narrative that like there's this huge side of America that actually like wants to go and, and socialize. It's not true. I believe most people are cautiously um, trusting the government because the government lies to us about everything. But I think most people believe uh, this is a real thing. I'm kind of mixed about that. Right. Why? That there's just because it's small numbers doesn't mean that they can't be wreckers. Right. So you think about people and it's weird that they show up too, like the anti-vax movement. Right. That yeah. they're kind of in solidarity with these people because they're you know, they've got this libertarian streak and so on um, that they can do a lot of damage, even though they have small numbers. And in the same way that these people, I, I think you're right, they're a small sort of radical fringe right now. Um, but these various radical fringes have insinuated themselves into the central government now. <laughs> you know, like what used to be the lunatic fringe is like running things now. Um, and, and so I, I find them scary 
because if they're not sort of confronted every step of the way, one fine day we'll find ourselves with one of these guys who used to be strapping an AR-15 now in a suit and is like lieutenant governor or something, you know, that, that that's, that's my, you know, nightmare vision of how these once very fringy kind of laughed out of the room ideas, very radical ideas coming from the right have now become um, the sort of the reigning ideology uh, quite frankly, Fair. of 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 the federal government, yeah. right? So I don't know. It's it's weird. And and on the one and and just like everything that they do, there's like a scintilla of plausibility of their argument, right? It's not completely ridiculous that people would want to go back to work because there's so many people who are working poor, and yeah. and they have yeah. not been you know really taken care of in any any real way. They've lost right. their jobs. Yeah, maybe they're getting the extra six hundred dollars a uh, a week. Um, uh, or whatever, um, but that's that's sunsetted this July anyway, and plus they've lost health insurance, so it's not that great anyway. Um, so I get this drive, which is might be existential in some way, like I need to work, otherwise everything's going to collapse. Sure. But they take that very real thing and they've sort of transformed it into something different. They've made it about guns. They've made it about. Why do the about, guns have to be there? Why, are, if you're protesting, saying, go there, and, and 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 half of them had face masks on. Come yeah. on, yeah, you don't believe like, this? Take your face masks off. Why do you have to have guns? This is a no one's being violent. There's no there's there. You don't have the national guard in the streets with tanks making sure you stay home. There's been zero aggression from the government. There's been there's been suggestion. There's been some rules in place. But like, you can take a walk outside your house. We're not, it's not Italy where you could, where your dog, you can take your dog out to take a shit. Like we haven't had any of that. And, and you need to show up with your guns because it's not about this. It's about the movement. And you're right that it is scary. But at the same time, which I know, we shouldn't get off on this because we could talk about it uh, or get off on this new, new subject, but it is a, it is a extreme product of the laziness and the, um, the de the Democratic Party's continuation of the same, mm -hmm. and that is why we don't win elections. That is why these people have a voice because we are so uninspired. You know, when when a twenty seven year old former bartender is the most inspiring person from our party, and she doesn't you know she doesn't have that she has power, but like she can't run for president. She, right. she's still quite a few years away from being able to do that. When when that is like the hope, that's a problem, man. Yeah. It's a huge problem, and 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 you know, it's it's a it's the demonizing of a new voice, and these people on the other side do not identify with with the narrative that's being pushed, and and I don't know, it's it's a little disheartening that even during a pandemic where clearly people around the world are dying, somehow we are still uh, fighting each other here. Yeah, so to your point about uh, the Dems and the more of the same, I think that's been the general response, certainly of of the the sort of ruling elites of the Democratic Party. There's you know there's there's the as you said there's the AOCs of the world and there's Bernie who's not in the party right, right. Um, but what it speaks to I think is both the Republicans and the Democrats aren't actually treating this as a crisis. No. You know, so if you go back to um, 
the Greek word for crisis. It means a, a sort of fateful, stark choice has to be made, right? That the, the circumstances have developed to such a situation where there is a very fateful choice, and, and it's a big thing that has to happen, right? right? And that's, you would think that this pandemic would have exposed this, that the vulnerabilities of the healthcare system, uh, the, the uh, holes in the economic and social safety net, um, all of this have, have been sort of laid bare. And all of the responses have been kind of half measures, right? Yeah. So they're not actually treating it as a crisis. They're, 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 they're sort of waffling and doing little things and negotiating, and now they're on vacation. Um, so, you know, it's... It, and then as a result, you get people with guns at capitals. You know, <laughs> like, it's, 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 I don't know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, I need to have a drink. All right, next topic. Fuck these motherfuckers. I think they're capitalizing on the moment that to just get their message out, which is like a garbled message of, you know, everything goes under the, the, the name Liberty, you know, whether it's carrying a gun or not vaccinating your kids or, you know, you know, breaking a an order to, to to stay home. You know, it's all like, oh, this is just liberty, and and it, but maybe it is, but it's it's liberty without any sense of responsibility. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, it's 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 like a a kid's version of liberty. Yeah. You know, it's like a child's version. It's baby liberty. You know, it's like, oh, let me just do what I want. Yeah. You know, no consequences. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's uh, get into this next topic. What are okay? What are we doing? So. This is kind of a, a a meta critique of what we're doing right now. So right now, you know, we're everybody's using all this technology, right? You know, me coming from education, uh, I've been teaching classes, just finished online through Zoom, like like a lot of other people. Right. And there's two ways I've thought about it. Is one, and this is my hopeful and optimistic view of it, is that now the world has seen that online learning is just a you know a shadow of real education it's a simulacrum of education it's not the real thing it's much worse um and that whenever we go back to to what is the 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 new normal technology will be sort of killed off as um as the way forward for the educational establishment because five six years ago that's all people were talking about these things called MOOCs, mass online uh, classes, where there'd be, you know, you teach a million people at once and, you know, you don't have to, therefore you get rid of all these teachers. I think everybody, or at least I hope everybody's seeing that online education uh, is not as good. It's not as engaging. It's not as inspiring. Um, and it's a bit soul killing uh, for everybody involved. The other side of it, of course, is you have people like Andrew Cuomo. Um, or I should say Amazon Cuomo, because he said he was going to change his name to Amazon. Um, and he said recently, I think it was in early, the first week of May, he sort of wondered aloud why we even have school buildings anymore. And he's tapped uh, Eric Schmidt from Google uh, and Bill Gates uh, to come in and quote-unquote reimagine New York City public education, which effectively means creating uh, what I would see as a sort of 
technological dystopia where the kids don't go to school anymore uh, and everybody's just going to zoom in. Um, and that would be the sort of, you know, he literally said, why do we even have school buildings? So those are the sort of two ways that I see this going. One thing that I would also like to sort of point out, and this is where like COVID-19 has overtaken every single news story, you know, in December 2019, there was a, a fairly large court case going against uh, Apple, um, Dell, and a number of other uh, computer makers from 14 families in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And in the, in the DRC, that's where they mine the cobalt that goes into every single lithium battery that runs all smartphones, computers, etc. The court case was basically saying that it's forced labor, which is effectively slavery, um, and uh, rampant child labor. Uh, so all of the stuff that we use and all of the stuff that's envisioned to be used is built on the backs and literally running on uh, coerced child labor, right? So wow. that is, you know, it's, it's literally what's running, what we're doing right now. Right. Um, so for me, it's basically like there's the, Silicon Valley vision of a techtopia, you know, that it's going to be, you know, they're just, you know, they're just all about making the world a better place. Um, and then, and then there's the dystopia, which I think is actually closer to the reality. Right. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts, you know, in terms of, of course, how technology is going to sort of get placed into listen, our lives. More listen, not. it's over. It's a wrap. Don't and say I, that. I, oh, it's over. It's over. Here's why. One, people's, the value of what education once was is gone. I mean, people are walking around with astronomical student debt. So that's, our, that's already something where we haven't dealt with, that we all have it. Um, and I, I, I think people are starting to realize that, like, what are you getting out of college? Unless you're really going to, 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 to be in a very specific field, um, we're not talking about the social aspect of college, which, by the way, half of the, the new kids coming out of high school are social misfits because they sit on their phones all day in the rooms. They're, they're lonely and they don't actually do what we used to do. So you've got that. Plus, you've got astronomical um, um, tuitions, jobs that aren't that don't exist um, and technology, which is cheap. So. Just like everything in our lives, technology is going to keep winning until somehow there's a rebellion. And it's not with education. I mean, education is the first thing these scumbag politicians want to cut. They want to cut teachers' wages. They want to not feed kids that um, have no food. They want to, you know, I mean, and look at charter schools in New York. I mean, no one's w walking around screaming about those. I mean, this is, they've gotten away with murder with these things. And f for us to sit here and think, that people are going to walk out of this like, wow, we really appreciate in-school learning. Hell no. You know what people like? Convenience. And but, you know what's convenient? Not having to put the kid in the car, not having to pack the lunch, not having to worry about what time to pick them up. People are fucking lazy. And this is what technology pushes is our laziness. And we're okay, all lazy. Okay, I got to cut you off here. Says the guy who doesn't have kids because I have kids who are at home in school sure and it is not convenient 
Um, and and that's the, that's the but that's but that's because you're a good parent, right? So so let's break that up. I, you're right. I have no kids, but I'm telling you this right now. I grew up in a huge family with with aunts and my mom's one of fifteen. I assure you, th- th- what you guys do with your activities and your organization and and the schedules, most people in America aren't doing that. They're not doing that. They go outside and play, go do your own thing, get get on, do your homework. They're not checking. They're not working with the with their kids and make sure the homework's done. I mean, we're we're living in a country that has a huge amount of people in poverty, and they just can't. So. Yes, for some people, school provided the structure and the uh, the re- the relief of a- actually having to do it yourself. But that's actually because you value the system. Yeah, so I hear that. Um, and yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, I'm not going to judge people's parenting. And, and, and I will. They, All yeah. day. <laughs> I, don't I mean, kids I'll judge they... it inside, but I won't say it yeah. out loud. Um, but. I okay, so here maybe there's a class basis to this, right? Admit that, that admit that I kind of just, I mean, I, that was like I just got you with a good one right there. You're, <laughs> you're stumbling a little bit. I am stumbling. I'm stumbling over I'm my work. Okay, three so, years. I've been working. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm I'm not stumbling. I'm reassessing based on what you know on on, on a good point. But um, if you were on Fox News and I was Sean Hannity, I would just keep coming at you, absolutely. even though I make I would start to make no sense, and right. then I would cut you off at the end. You want to say one last thing? All right, let's get out of here. He's an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, so I would I would say to this that I mean and and it's again it's it's a problem is that on on a class basis the upper middle class and the and the rich don't want their kids at home hundred percent and they have influence and 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 so that's where. Um, it's it's strange, right? On the it's it's all mixed up. So on the one hand, you know, they might be heavily invested in Apple and Microsoft and all that kind of stuff. Um, on the other hand, the last thing they want is their kids at home all day long, cramping their style um, <laughs> on on their Apple computers. Um, right. So so what do they do? I mean, I I think I don't know. I'm I'm just hopeful. I I I I feel like there's some glimmer of hope from what I've been reading that people appreciate how much work teachers do now because their kids are at home. Um, maybe there won't be, you know, uh, the, uh, the okay. attacks on teachers that, that happen all the time, you know, I, am, I don't know, I am, but maybe I'm, I'm being, a, I'm a I'm being very extreme. I, I do agree. I, I'm being extreme for a reason. And it's more of a frustration that it doesn't matter. It's it's going to be whatever's pushed. And if it's Google with their with Google Hangouts and their influence in politics, that's what's going to win. And and until people start waking up and realizing that here's a quick analogy. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid and I started smoking cigarettes at like 14, 15, and I was like smoking a pack a day, but that's when you started dabbling in cigarettes. Mm-hmm. All the old people, older people, not even old, will go, oh, yeah, yeah, we used to smoke, but we smoked we didn't really know it was bad for you. Yes. And it's like, yes, you always knew it was bad for you. You coughed. Your body told you it was bad for you. And, and it's going to be the same with technology where all these little asshole, all these little asshole kids are on their iPads all day. They're in their phone. They're video gaming. They're always singing. Parents are like, yeah, you know, it's like, you already know that in 20 years, the data that's going to come out is going to be horrible for Mm -hmm. what's happening to their brains, to their, 
self-esteem to their social interactions to their uh their their literal chemical makeup and you already know that we all know it i see it in myself if i'm on instagram too long i'm a different person Mm -hmm. um and i also hate it and i still haven't deleted it come on people (laughs) so so as long as we're all gonna keep blindly being fed force fed it doesn't really matter i i i think people will appreciate teachers a bit more but if Google wants to push the Google uh, public hangout education where everybody gets a free laptop and this yeah. and that, and, yeah. and then you come to the Google building once a month for the assembly, they'll go for that shit. It's like the old beef and beers from the town I grew up in. You want to get something done, buy all the old dummies a dinner, beef and beer, <laughs> get them drunk, and they'll vote for whatever bullshit you, you want to do to them. And it's technology's the new beef and beer. It's a, a, the, the cheap Chromebook is a new beef and beer. 100 percent okay all right i like that i mean i see i see that i mean i see that in every school actually that i've ever taught at um is that that everybody has a chromebook cart that become pretty cheap um and it's always so every kid can and the idea and and it's the argument is about equity right that's how they make the argument is that you know we have to buy all these so everybody has access to this technology without questioning why they should be using that technology Right. 100%. That, that, that there's already that leap that they should be without ever questioning that. Yeah. Um, and, and all those parents so, out there listening, dude, I don't want to hear your bullshit until you start going to school board meetings and you start getting involved and you and you and you are, are voicing your opinions in front of those eight shitty parents that are on the board that torture <laughs> teachers. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. I grew up with it. I used to see it. I used to go to them all the time. And I don't care until you start getting involved and questioning these things. Why does Google get the accounts? Why doesn't Dell or, or Gateway or whatever the hell else is out there? Why is it just Google? Or why aren't who's they making doing, those decisions? Why aren't they why just aren't using pencil involved? and paper? I don't know. I well, mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Those guys, those guys, and and well, I can't say guys and girls. Those men and women that mm-hmm. run Google. Their kids are using pen and paper. Yeah, they're 100%. working with like wood blocks. Those kids are just like they don't have phones. Yeah. They, 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 they're, they're in like some like Scandinavian model school, uh, in the Silicon Valley that, that like doesn't have electricity basically. You know, like that's, that's because it'll, you know, spark their creativity. You know who didn't smoke? Big guys that ran big tobacco. Yeah. This is the same thing. <laughs> We're just idiots. Let's move on. I'm getting angry. All right. All right. So this is a new segment we're going to start ending our show with called Party Favors. Yeah. And in this segment, we will both pick. Um, we, no, no, we won't both pick. We will both give a, we will both do a favor for the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And it'll be a little piece of advice because um, we, want, we want a fair fight here. You know, we're, okay. we're gearing up into an election. It's uh, two old men getting in there, uh, <laughs> swinging at each other and their dentures <laughs> falling out. And we want this to be fair. So we're just going. To, we're going to start giving people tips, and if, if if they want to take them, take them. If not, that's fine. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot. So, what is your party favor for the Dems? My party favor for the Democrats is very simple. Right now, have Joe Biden pick a woman of color right now to be his running mate. Stop fucking around. Stop playing the field. 
there is a this is a no brainer and this is an easy one we'll we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll make them harder as we go but i have to say it stop yeah. playing around get stacy abrams get yep. kamala stacey harris abrams. get anybody i don't care who they are just do it that's the only way you have a fighting shot at beating donald trump it's not amy klobuchar or christina gillibrand it's it's none of these people Unless you can get Barack Obama to come out of retirement. <laughs> can you vice. imagine? <laughs> let's, then, have an, let's have an inverted relationship, Barack. You know what's funny? What would happen if Barack became the vice, Biden quits? Yeah. Is that around <laughs> the rules where he could be the president again? Because it, I, I don't, That's interesting. That's, we got to get we got to get like a real political. A constitutional lawyer. I think they, they would know that. I think we know right. one. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to just ask Zach? Um, All right, now, what's yours for the Democratic Party? For the Dems? Um, I would say that. Uh, Joe Biden needs to not take anything for granted. Right. Um, so you probably heard about that whole um, Charlemagne the God thing. Sure did. Um, um, for those who didn't, uh, uh, Joe Biden was on uh, Charlemagne the God's show and and was asked about you know, basically the black vote and how, what is he going to do to sort of curry favor um, with the African-American community and what, you know, to, to get them to vote for him. And he says that anybody who, who votes for Trump ain't black and he uses right. that, that, that phrase. And then he, you know, meant to apologize, whatever. Um, this is what Hillary did. She assumed yeah. in Michigan, in Wisconsin, that all these people are just going to vote for her because she's yep. a Democrat and she yep. didn't even go there. She didn't speak to them. Um, as we can still say, the water is still lead-laden in Flint. Um, and so, you know, they didn't do anything, right? right. Uh, so why presume, just based on uh, the assumption that people hate Trump so much that they're going to bother to go out, maybe take off time from work, maybe try to find babysitters so they can do that, um, maybe even brave the pandemic to vote for you all right so that's my tip and party favor for the entire democratic party is like take nothing for granted just the idea that just because you hate trump doesn't mean people are going to do all of those things all those obstacles that are put in our way to vote you know that that they're going to negotiate all that just to vote for you if, you if you don't you know speak for them great let's go right into the party favor for the republicans who we love so much okay you okay. want to start oh geez i could start i, I mean i, I I'll, I'll go i'll go okay. i'll go um i don't want to do any favors for these people they're sociopaths um they're basically a bunch of sociopaths who got together and created a political party um but what i will say is all they need to do probably to win is to minimize donald trump's speaking time that's all they have to do. Well, they don't have any control over that. Uh, they they manage it more, you know. Before he was out every day, now he's not, you know. Right. Um, so they they if they manage that, and he comes out strategically, you know, at certain moments when there's you know whatever some eruption of anger, and then he comes and sort of capitalizes on that. Um, he can maybe get over the you know horrific response he's had so far to this whole thing. Great. Last favor, Republican Party, super easy. 
This goes to all the governors out there that are uh, Republicans. Do not assume that going with everything Donald Trump does is going to get you reelected. Each state has their own set of whack jobs, and they want their own leader. So I was very impressed, for the most part, living in Louisiana with, and, and we have a Democratic governor. Yeah, which is, but it's a Louisiana which, Democrat. Louisiana, but, but still, it's a Democrat, and yeah. that we should have a Republican down here yeah. because most. That's of like the us. State, we have a we have a Ver, we have a Vermont Republican who's also pretty rational. Right. So what will start happening is the far right Democrats will start taking those and those they don't always go with Trump. And and that's going to straighten out um, at least some policy on the state level. Um, And I think that now would be the time for the next Republican, whoever that golden child is, the Dalai Lama, to show <laughs> themselves. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, you know, go at Trump every day and fight him. That's You'll lose. But it's challenge him once in a while. Start right. making a name for yourself. This is mm-hmm. golden time for um, the Bernie of the Republican Party to show themselves, to start okay. coming out a little bit. Let's All see right. what it is. All right. All right. We'll be back next week. Um, yes, we will. We're back. I'm we're excited back. to be back. Feels good. The I people know. need us. They need us. Yeah. Or maybe we need to do this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One thing or the other. They'll probably quit again <laughs> at their Trump wins again. All right, man. All right. No Politics at the Dinner Table is produced by G. Baderoy, except not today, but he will be back with us. Um, and so will his great tunes. That's right. Um, and we'll see you donuts next week. We'll be right back.